Penn State Conversations is a podcast produced by the Donald P. Bellisario College of Communications. Episode topics range from the people, programs, and events that shape the Bellisario College to discussing key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this episode of Penn State Conversations. Hello, everyone. My name is Amy Camacho Yuhas, and I am a 2013 graduate of the film video program at Penn State. Today's conversation is a little different than previous episodes. I had the pleasure of attending the Penn State Films and Friends event on February 22nd at the Dolby Screening Room in New York City. Films and Friends is an annual event, and 2019 marks its 12th year. It is organized by film video faculty members Rod Bingaman, Mara Shea, and Marty Camden, all three of whom were my professors during my time at Penn State. The event also relies on coordination by Bob Martin, Assistant Dean in the Office of Internships and Career Placement in the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. Films and Friends is open to current students and alumni of the film video program and follows the Success in the City Career Fair. Its mission is to connect current students with professionals in film, TV, and media production. It's an open forum to ask industry questions and foster relationships that may lead to first job offers. Screened this year was the latest film by 2014 film video grad James Rohan, a friend of the podcast who I interviewed in episode 14, Finding Time to be Creative. James is a screenwriter and director who has created a short film every year since graduating. His latest work, entitled Remember, began shooting the week after we recorded episode 14. Remember was produced by Olivia Peralta with Aaron Ryan as assistant camera and Jake Marshall doing production design, all from the film video class of 2014. Student work was also presented with trailers for the films What Remains and Sugar Coated. First, you will hear Rod Bingaman and myself introduce James Rohan of Remember, followed by the Q&A portion of the event from the principal crew members. After the Q&A, you will hear Professor Mara Shea discussing the upcoming renovation of the Willard Building for the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications and introduce some student filmmakers. Thank you, all of you alums for coming and meeting with these guys. They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're really great. We have more here than ever, which is really exciting. We're gonna have a world premiere tonight of a short film, all right? All right, and we have uh, some of the principals here uh, to tell us about it once it's over. So if you have questions, that'd be great. Then I don't have to ask them any questions, which is great. All right, uh, but I'm going to invite up uh, uh, Amy Camacho Yuhas, all right, who is our alumni board representative, and uh, she is going to introduce the filmmaker because she knows him quite well. So Amy, I wasn't expecting this at all. Rod literally just threw this on me two minutes ago. So I'm Amy Camacho Yuhas, and I am part of the Alumni Society Board. I'm technically a part of the Young Alumni Council, and now that I am 27, almost 28, I'm coming up on the end of my term on the Young Alumni Council. So if anyone is interested in being a part of the Young Alumni Council, we do need a film video representative. I see people pointing back there. Um, so feel free to come talk to me. It's really like a, it's an easy gig, but it gets you so involved in the workings of the college and alumni association. I learned a lot. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And part of that process is actually 
hosting every now and then a podcast. Um, it's called Penn State Conversations. Um, so if anyone does want to get in involved, you can reach out to me, whether it's you know after, or you can find my email in the program. Um, all right, I'm going to hand it off to James Rohan. Uh, when did you graduate, 2014? So you graduated 2014, which is the year after me, and he's actually been crazy busy. He's been doing a lot of short films pretty much since you graduated. Um, and it's been awesome watching you and your work grow. So if you would like to introduce the current work that you've been doing. Sure. Hey, everybody. Um, this, is the, uh, this is the world premiere. We actually just finished the film yesterday. Uh, just in time for this and, the, and the, the, what was supposed to be the premiere tomorrow. Um, but it's a film I wrote, directed, edited, uh, and co-produced with a fellow alum, Olivia Peralta. So uh, I hope you like it. Uh, if you don't, uh, spare my feelings. But we can, we can play it now. So who we have here, uh, Olivia Peralta, who uh, produced. Yeah, stand up. Take a bow. And uh, Aaron Ryan, uh, who came in, came in for us, uh, formerly of LA, uh, came in and first AC'd for us for part of the shoot. And there was a couple, uh, Jake Marshall, who couldn't be here, he production designed. Um, he couldn't be here today. And actually, uh, another first AC who we got on the spot uh, from Penn State, Scott Terranova, um, randomly had him on. So a little, a little Penn State action for you. It was completely feel with the sound design. I didn't, like just cutting around the rooms, I didn't like being completely diegetic, uh, being like in the speaker. It felt weird, like we're all around the house and you you know the speaker's in the bathroom. So at a certain point, it kind of, we tried it out. Like just when we see the speaker, we're going to hear it coming from the speaker and everywhere else is voiceover. And I don't know, it felt right and kept it, kept it as is. Yes, Brandon. Uh, it was a six-day shoot. Um, we shot it only on weekends, um, as I was I was working a Monday through Friday job, and so was Liv and some a lot of other people. So uh, so we did it the three consecutive weekends, Saturday, Sunday, um, and we were kind of producing the shoots during the weeks. And professionally, I started as a PA, and I worked my way up. I'm uh, field producing a lot of doc stuff now, um, and most of my narrative is kind of directing on the side of what I write and produce and live. Hi, everybody. Uh, right now, I am a creative producer at uh, Universal McCann. I lead uh, production over at J3, which is designated for Johnson & Johnson Brands. And uh, I was working with Coke Connections, but as of three days ago, I'm now leading production for them, too. So um, it's, it's uh, yeah, I do a lot of branded content, a lot of digital content, uh, experimental got a lot of interest right now in virtual reality and augmented reality um, and yeah and then on the side I freelance and I work with James and I love this stuff <laughs> and then, yeah, here we go. hi everybody so uh, James Liv and I were all in the year-long together these two worked on their year-long as producer directing partners I was in there with the team Chris Bush is in the house he was on my team. Yeah, it's back there. So I've watched the two of these guys produce and direct a film every year since graduating. And it, it's, you're 
work has just grown exponentially every year with the practice that you guys are doing. Like, that's amazing. So everybody that you're working with right now, like, this is what they've done together. They do this every year. I don't know how. It's amazing. So hats off. Yeah. Very cool. So then my personal filmmaking experience, I started out in New York. Here I got my very first job, which led to every other job that I ever got. Um, when I was a junior here, I met with a few of the alum. My senior year, I got a couple jobs. So I was very camera focused, which is why I was able to show up as an AC. Um, I thought I wanted to go cinematography exclusively, but then changed my mind. By 2016, I shot, or I co-directed a feature. Then I worked on a, uh, I directed a web series and then I moved to LA. And there I worked with like actors reels, coaching actors, working on like short form stuff for directing work. So I really like to work with actors, but, um, but my day job would be being on set in the camera and lighting departments. Um, I've never directed anything I've written. I would always be kind of, my job was to show up and technically execute and get the actor's performances for a producer writer's piece. So I've never done something so personal as we've seen tonight, which is really exciting. Uh, oh, right, and then after, so we talked about this too. So then after LA, I took a job in Korea for six months. I never traveled or I never studied abroad. So this was my study abroad. Um, and over there we did like, uh, I met a lot of other American filmmakers. We did a, a shootout, um, which was really exciting. We met the whole Korean, like the Seoul film community and worked on a couple of projects out there. Uh, didn't speak the same language as my, you know, my crew members, which was an amazing experience and a great challenge and finishing up a short that we shot over there too. So if anybody has any questions about whether to live in LA or New York, I've experienced with that. Seoul, getting to travel for your job or cameras, talk to me. And then one more thing, we should give a shout out to Jake as well, who was our production designer, and he was absolutely amazing. Um, he had just finished work on Black Klansman, and we were like, great, come here. Um, and then he brought on Sam as well as James, who was our amazing PA, so yeah, we definitely need to give him a shout out, and he was part of our crew as well, so yeah. Uh, it's the Grand Prospect Hall in uh, South Slope. Um, as uh, it's been featured in a lot of a lot of things, um, we had to move our shoot up in the day because uh, Sierra was doing a photo shoot there. Okay, I love her. Okay, but um, no, that was definitely an amazing day on set because the way it was set up. I mean, to see it. Um, now up on screen is one thing, but to be there and to like witness it, and I was trying to like, because we were doing 360 shots as well, so I was trying to like hide up in the second floor and take video. That was probably one of my favorite days on set, and I know Tim visited out there as well. It was absolutely awesome. Um, I I wrote it as a ballroom scene, or it was uh, maybe more like metaphorical, and it became a ballroom scene. But I mean, that was kind of exactly as I imagined it, and um, we stumbled upon it, and luckily we could lock it in. And I mean, the people gave us a a deal on it just because we were a very small production, and I mean they're used to 
having very big productions there. So, but it was always it was always written as kind of a ballroom scene, um, and as in terms of like how we shot it, it's just kind of, I mean, it's so beautiful that shooting. I mean, and working with like the DP and the gaffer, um, we want to make sure that we could actually like shoot it 360 degrees and didn't have any stands on the ground, um, so that uh, there wasn't anything that was impeding the shot. So, which I mean turned out beautifully. It was something shooting on set that day. You were like, oh, this is, this is going to be a great opening and closing of the film. So, uh, so we shot on a uh, Alexa Mini. Um, and we shot using just one lens, which was um, more of a budgetary thing because we used a Master Prime um, and only had the budget for one lens. Um, but, I mean, everything that came out of that, like, I mean, you could just stick that in a with no lights and the picture would be beautiful. So any lighting we did was kind of just added. It cost about 40 grand. Um, a lot of that went into locations. Um, and uh, I mean the ballroom alone was probably, that whole shoot day was probably like a third or a fourth of the budget. Um, yeah, so I mean getting locations. I mean we, we got some deals on places. I mean the houses and apartments and stuff just going on Airbnb, I mean that's, where I find a lot of locations um, for documentary shoots, um, and it's where you can get a lot of good deals. But I mean, the ballroom—it's hard to hard to cheap out on something that looks like that. So, can I jump in? yes, please. I just want to brag about you. So, also, James and Liv started out with no budget shoots, right? Like, what compared to your first shoot, and then growing to forty? I mean, I've watched. I think that your experience as a production coordinator has like immensely solidified what you can do in a budget. Like that's amazing. Like I, I wonder how many people's straws would drop to hear what you've done with your fund. So it's not about like walking out with all this cash. Like these guys have been working really hard to spend very smartly. Yeah, and I mean a, a lot of it is like finding, I mean you find people that'll work for cheaper than like, I mean like so much of the crew couldn't be making so much more money. Like, I mean, they took deep discounts to to work with us on weekends and give up their time. So, I mean, it's one of those things like so many people, like everybody's down to work on a side project if it's gonna benefit them or, I mean, if like so many people in New York just. And a lot of times what ends up happening, and a lot of times what ends up happening is um, many people are uh, working, like they have contractual work and they miss this aspect of just jumping in, in behind a camera and like getting a crew together and just shooting. So that was another part. And then in terms of locations, um, as well as budgeting, what made this process, um, simple was the fact that James already had a certain vision in mind and creatively speaking. And I can, you know, in terms of like when you're story building and, at that point, you kind of figure out what you're willing to sacrifice and how important it is to you. And for James, this ballroom was like, there was no other choice. And then I saw it and I was like, you're absolutely right, there's no other choice. Um, so, yeah. Um, some of it's from uh, saving up myself and then uh, asking around uh, friends, family, family friends. Um, so kind of, kind of big, and also I uh, opened up a credit card and went into debt specifically. Uh, so uh, as much as my mom does not want to hear that, uh, I kind of, kind of bet on myself and uh, decided that. I mean, it's one of those things like, uh, it's not the best idea, but um, 
to make something like this happen, you kind of have to do something a little crazy, I guess. Um, I have no idea. Um, I, I've submitted to festivals with shorts before and haven't had a whole lot of luck. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, we just finished it yesterday, so I'm, I'm kind of just diving into that aspect. But yeah, uh, submitting to festivals, hoping um, to just kind of get my name out there. I mean, I'm, I'm not planning on making much of my money back. It's uh, kind of really just to get my name out there and hopefully meet people that want to be in business with me and I work on work on other scripts and keep shooting stuff, so. There it is, okay. Um, I hate using mics, I'm used to just yelling at you. Um, but uh, I thought, you know, because of the change in date for the event this year, we had a little less senior films and work to show, so I thought maybe you all would like to see a brief glimpse of the Donald P. Belisario Media Center that is currently being built. When Mr. Belisario gave us the money, it was divided into three chunks. Um, some went to a large amount of it went to scholarships to support students, supporting faculty things, and then a smaller chunk went to rebuilding Willard, which the university has since kicked in so that the whole project is now a $43.5 million project. We went from having two floors in Willard, the basement and the first floor, to almost the whole building. The third floor will still have those general purpose classrooms that you all remember. But um, so I'm on the core, sorry, I'm on the core committee. I sort of go to the meetings and try to represent film videos interests. and. Last fall, we got this fly-through um, 3D modeling. I will say some, a few of the things have changed already. I tried to sort of put in little title cards so you have a sense of what's going on. But if you want to talk to me about it afterwards, I can sort of give you a sense. The things you won't see, the classrooms, there's the screening room. Um, are what they're calling the high-end editing lab that will replace the Fenestra lab, um, the, the faculty offices. You actually see them, but I didn't note where they were, so don't worry about it. Um, but the media, um, the production studios are the things I think that are most interesting. So, okay, I gotta get going. So, we got a little bit of student work to show you. Okay, Darcy Long put together a sizzle reel, gathered clips from, from filmmakers. Um, can I just, I'm not going to take time to read all your names, but can I have everyone who's got sizzle reel footage stand? It's going to be half the room. And then we have two trailers from Sugarcoated. Sugar-coated crew, those of you that are here, Darcy, Sarah, Emily, Megan, back there, and what remains? Uh, they took the row. Cool. Okay. So that was a taste of Films and Friends 2019. If you're interested in getting into the TV and film industry after graduation and want to learn more about Films and Friends, speak with your academic advisor about attending next year's event. Thank you for listening.
This episode of Penn State Conversations was presented by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board. The Alumni Society Board aims to help elevate the stature of the Belisario College through dialogue with faculty, students, the dean, and associate deans. The Young Alumni Council also aims to foster a strong connection between young alumni and the college to inspire lifelong support and involvement. For more information or to learn how you can get involved, please visit belisario.psu.edu slash alumni.